Hi guys, welcome to the Two and Two Pod. I'm your host Angie, and today I'm with Moses Samuels, and he is a music producer, entrepreneur, model, everything creative. Big up yourself. <laughs> I'm really, I'm so happy that you agreed to do this. You know, thank you for having me. You know, when you were in London before, mm-hmm. I literally after the first time we spoke, I was like, I really want to speak to you, but then you were going, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And he came back and I was like, oh, yeah, you I'm know. definitely going to ask him. Yeah. So yeah, thank you so much. Um, little icebreaker that I want to do okay. with all my guests. So you know how people sometimes like struggle to say positive things about themselves, but mm-hmm. they're so quick to say negative things. I want you to like big up yourself. Like what's the best, what's the best thing you've done this year? What are you most proud of? This year, um, getting in shape. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely um, on my butt. It's actually my birthday about a week ago. Um, and on my birthday post, thank you. <laughs> and on my birthday post, um, you know, I was actually you know, speaking and saying that it's interesting how like we work so hard for this big, big end or goal mm. and don't realize that, you know, sometimes the small goals are just as important as the big ones. So for me, it was just like walking my first runway show in the fashion space. That's amazing. Which I'm so grateful That's for. That's amazing. You know? I don't think you're deep in it. Like, yeah. okay, little, so tell me a little bit about yourself first to start off with. Okay. So what do you do? Okay, cool. So my name is Moses Samuels. I'm a young entrepreneur who has worked in the music industry for 15 plus years, music producer by trade. Um, But I found myself in so many different areas. So modeling, uh, creative directing, when it comes to styling people, Mm. um, and just a host of different things. Um, And I think all of those versions of me make up who I am, essentially. Yeah. Um, So wait, sorry, when you're saying what you're most proud of, it's like the small things, but what exactly? Give me an example. So again, so like this year, for instance, like, you know, in December last year, I, I was talking to one of my friends who's a, mo- a model and I was like, I want to get into modeling. And mm-hmm. You kind of have this preconception of like what modeling is, what it's required, what you're, uh, is what's required to be a model and stuff. And when he spoke to me, he kind of gave me a lot of confidence and, you know, made me look at it in a very different way. Um, and so in January, I did like my first shoot ever. And then literally the day after, I ended up at a casting. That story is crazy. No, then, no, you need to tell the story because when you told me that story, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, go on, go on. So, so, um, so I'll come back to the story, but yeah, so had a cast on the day after. Yeah. And then within a month and a half, I was signed to an agency and it was just like, huh? And then literally within four weeks of being signed, I was mm. walking in LA Fashion Week. So it was just like, okay, <laughs> this is. Interesting. Is it one of the moments that like it doesn't feel real? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't just because of the story, mm. right? So now I can tell the story, right? <laughs> so the story basically is in this in December, a random woman came up to me, mm. and um, she was just like, "Do you do you model?" And I was like, uh, "Maybe." Like I was kind of unsure, even though like a couple of days I had written it down on paper and it mm. said like I'm really going to try and pursue this modeling thing mm. in 2023. So she came up to me, she was like, do you model? And I was like, uh, maybe. And she was like, you should do it. And I'm like, okay, why? And she was just like, because I just, I see so much for you in that space. I see you on billboards. I see you on like, magazines and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you hear prophecies or these mm, people come to you. I feel you like it wouldn't have hit. Like, you know, I hear stuff from people all the time, but it wouldn't mm. hit if you didn't write it down before. Because that is kind of like confirmation from God that, that thank this you is very where you're meant much. to be going. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, in the, in the midst of what she was saying, you know, no disrespect to 
prophesiers, but you know, they they say things like, you know, I see money and I see mm. all this stuff and whatnot. And you're just like, all right, yeah, cool. I've been listening, I've been hearing that stuff since I was mm. 10. Yeah. Do you yeah. get what I mean? So for me, it's like um, I always take what they say with a pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. So I was a little skeptical. But when she said the modeling thing, because I hadn't spoken to no one about it, it was like, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> so then fast forward to you know, going into get ending up at a casting. So I had done, it was a Saturday, I'd done my first shoot. Yeah. And with my boy Isaac, who's a known model and is mm. doing incredible stuff at the moment. Um, had the first shoot, it was incredible, it was great. And then literally the day after Sunday, mm. um, he had a he uh he had a, a shoot somewhere. So I was like, Do you mind if I come and shadow you? And he's like, Yeah, come through. So I've gone over there. Um, it's this tall building in Los Angeles. So I get into the building. There's a sign at the front of the uh, at the front of the lift downstairs, and it says, "For all those going for a casting, please come to the sixth floor." My idiot self thought, "Oh, he's doing a casting, so I've gone to the sixth floor." Mm-hmm. Now, bear in mind, most people that go for castings, they usually tell you to wear black. So I was already wearing black. So I said, "All the all are right, exactly." <laughs> so, so I've gone up. So as I've come through the elevator, I've seen um, like people like. Just walk into the elevator. So mm. I'm like, okay, cool. One guy says, yo, what's up? Like, you good? I'm like, yeah, you good? He's like, I've seen you somewhere. I'm like, I don't think so. He's like, ah, oh, okay, cool. So him and the other people that were at the elevator leave. And I'm walking, looking for this door where Isaac is having this shoot. Mm. Go to the end of the corridor and there's a line. So I'm like, what the hell's going on? So I go to the front of the line and I asked um, the media at the front. And I was like, oh, like... Um, is there like a shoot or something going on? She was like, no, it's a casting. I was like, I'm looking for my boy Isaac. He's a model. Do you know if he's here? They're like, we don't know. So I'm looking, feeling stupid at this mm. moment. So I've walked away from the line. And then as I'm trying to contact him, he's not responding. There's a girl who basically is standing and she goes to me. She was like, you should do the casting. And I was like, I ain't doing no casting. I ain't coming for no casting. Obviously, I didn't plan to do nothing. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing it. So I've moved away. Something says, check your text again. So I check my text. And in the text, it says the door number. Mm. So I'm like, damn, I'm on the wrong floor. So I've gone to the second floor. I found him eventually. And he says, where have you been? I've been looking for you. And I'm like, where have you been? I've been calling mm. your phone. He's like, sorry, I'm doing a shoot. I was like, yeah, I was looking for you. I ended up on the sixth floor and there's a casting. He says to me, did you do it? I'm like, <laughs> Dragged oh. you right yeah, back. <laughs> he dragged me all the way upstairs. Mm. To the to the front of the line, and then the girl's like, oh, you found him. And then he goes, yeah, he found me. He's also doing this casting. So he puts my name down. Um, you have to do like a, there's a website, like a QR code. And you put your name in, whatnot, and then it asks, asks you, um, do you have any recent pictures? Mm. I just did a shoot yesterday, the day before. So all of these little things were making sense. So... Gone in now. As we've gone in, there's a there's like it looks like America's Next Top Model like <laughs> style seating. Like I'm Wait, mad. Wait, how nervous. did the models in? Was it like your typical, like tall, skinny models? No, nah, it was. What different. I've noticed recently is like in the modeling field, it's not even like that anymore. No, nah, it's very different. Um, society is ever changing and yeah. evolving, and there's a lot more inclusivity. So it's like you don't have to be skinny, tall. Mm, like the shoot I was at yesterday, the models. I was thinking. I think a couple of years ago, this would have never been. It would have never yeah. been, yeah. But our world has become a little bit more, way more sensitive now mm. than it ever has been. So now we're really like adhering to people's needs. Big on like inclusive, inclusivity. 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 Yeah. Um, kind of uh, breaking the lines of racial disparity yeah. and stuff like that. Do you get what I mean? So you're getting all types of different models. And that was one of the conversations that my boy had had with me in December. 
because I had this preconception that, okay, models, you have to be skinny, you know, you need to have cheekbones, you need to have something special <laughs> mm-hmm. about you. And he was just like, nah, it's like change. And there's so many different avenues of modeling. It's mm. not necessarily just walking down a runway, like, or casting for something. Like, people that do commercials, mm. they're all models, essentially. Do you get what I mean? And there's actually a website called Casting Networks where... They have all of these jobs. So you see when we're watching all these Christmas adverts and stuff and you see all of these families, they're models, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, true, true, Do you get what I mean? So there's different spaces. So, um, but yeah, I ended up in this this room. Media tells us what's going to happen. And there's a video, my boy, a video, and he's like, calm down, breathe, because he could see I was nervous nervous as hell. Anyway, long story short, um, did all the demonstrations that we needed to. And they were asking people questions of their age and who they were and whatnot. When it got to me, they were just like, you know, what's your years of um, modeling experience? I'm like, today's my first day. I've never walked. And they're like, what? No way. And lo and behold, like, you know, they told me to wait behind while everyone left. And they were just like, there's something unique about you. There's something really cool about you and how you carry yourself. And you walked in and there was just an energy and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, okay. Mm. And then made it to phase two and three. And then before I knew it, I was signed to the agency. So it was just nothing I had. That's such a mad transition because I don't yeah. know if you've said it yet. Moses is a Grammy-nominated oh, music you. producer. Thank he's you. big. He's very big. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, so the transition from like being a producer to modeling is crazy. Yeah. And what I even realized yesterday when I went to the studio and like mm-hmm. obviously the producer was making beats and I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie, I've never been in the like... Music, music space, space. Right, right. and it was just so amazing to see. Like, I don't think you guys understand how talented you are because oh, he was making the beat, and I'm listening to it, and he's like, "Say whatever comes to your mind." Like, and I'm just nothing is coming to my mind. Like, my mind isn't flowing in that right, way. Right, 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 right. So I feel like people that do music have a whole different brain. Like, yeah. How, so how is it? Tell me about your journey as a producer. Yeah, um, man, it's been a long one, a long, long one. Like, obviously, started in church. That's usually that's where crazy. You, yeah, that's where you usually find most uh, musicians mm. because before producers were musicians. Some of us, mm. everyone, everyone's story is different. But I had the privilege of starting in church, and in mm. church you're around music everywhere. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it was crazy because at the time I think I was about six years old, and my oldest brother, Harmony Samuels, shout Harmony, um, he uh, was the music director in my uncle's church, my mum's brother's church. And then one day he just got up and he was like, I'm leaving. He didn't really like the structure of how the church was being run and just certain things. And then he left. So there was no one to play keyboard at our church. And my sister was the choir leader, mm. right? So all of us in our family are music oriented. Um, and she goes, you're playing keyboard next week. And I'm like, how? I don't I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. And I remember going home. Wait, I had did a, you know how to play the keyboard? I never knew. Oh. And she said to me, she was like, you're playing keyboard next week because we don't have a keyboard player. And your brother's gone, so you are the next person. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I remember going home, and then them times I had a Casio. If anyone is a musician or knows what a Casio is, you'll know that. I'm that thinking is the watch. Old school. Nah, what you know is that. You know them. You know like Casios, like the ones that you can. A cassette. <laughs> no, no, no. Basically, the keyboard is like. It's like a Yamaha Casio. It's like oh, old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, okay. You just find yeah, lying yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And you can play music from them. Who's my watch? I think that doesn't even oh, make sorry. sense. Okay, cool. Go <laughs> my on. bad. Yeah. Um, I had one of those. Yeah. Like they were just at home. I don't know yeah. why they were at home, but they was. And I remember just pressing, and I swear the Holy Spirit was the one that mm. led that. Now I can't even take no 
it was definitely God led for sure mm. because I didn't have no teacher. I didn't have anyone say press this, press this. I literally was just pressing and using my ear. So you know the if you know anyone that's a musician, they'll say there's a difference. There's some musicians who play by ear and there's some people who read. Mm. The readers are the people that have lessons. That means you can, I don't need no rehearsal. I can just get a piece of music and literally just play off of what I can see. Then there's other people who can just hear and copy. That's insane. Which is how I learned. Mm. And then I learned to read music as well. So, so yeah, it literally started in church and then you kind of go through the church stages and you grow and then you're in the choir. And if you're not in the choir, you're in some sort of band or something like that. And it kind of just progresses until I got to like uni. So I, in, sec, in college, I was producing, making mm. beats, but it wasn't anything I was looking at as a career, especially because mm. being Nigerian, your parents are like, doctor or pharmacist mm. or whatever. So I was Were they quite to... supportive when you wanted to be a No, nah, they weren't. At all? They weren't. They really? definitely weren't. They even did. though your brother's in the same kind of... Yeah, they weren't. If anything, they were they were even more adamant why I shouldn't do it because he's doing it. Oh. So... They said at least one of you have to <laughs> buckle exactly. up. <laughs> no, nah, for real. For real. So it was, it was a struggle to really get them to, I guess, understand and adhere to kind of just mm. this direction I wanted to go in, essentially. Excuse me. And um, yeah, so you're just going through the motions. It got to about, yeah, it got to 2009 and um, was making beats up until this point. And in 2009, when I went to uni is where it kind of kicked off. And then obviously I already shouted my business partner, Mikey Music. Um, he, we were going to the same church. He was a producer, I was a producer, but we weren't even thinking about in, about being a team or anything. Mm. And in 20, 2009, we're like, you know what? The music industry is whack in London. No You've been doing this for time. This for oh my yeah. God, 2009. Yeah, go on, yeah. sorry. Nah, it's all good, yeah. So we were kind of just upset about where the music space was at the time and we were on a church retreat and we're like, let's just be a duo. Let's just come together. Mm. And that's how we came up with Sons of Sonics. And, um, and it's from just then, been it's up just from been, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. did you start before you moved to LA or was yeah. you moving? Okay, so yeah. moving to LA was like a step up, like the next step up for you. Yeah. How did that, how was that transition like? You yeah. experienced any like culture shocks as well? Yeah, hundred percent. So in so in 2013, we uh, so my I hadn't spoken to my brother since 2007, eight. Mm. Obviously, my parents were like, "Don't talk to him. He's a bad boy. He's doing music." <laughs> so I was kind of banned from seeing mm. and speaking to him. And then 2011, I'm in second year of uni. Yeah, second year of uni. And I remember him saying to me, "I'm in LA. Come see me." And I'm like, "Yo, where?" The only LA I know about is the one in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I don't know any Los, Los Angeles. Where I'm the hell is this? Because you, you never Their LA in that show was different, though. Of course. It yeah. was very different. They were mm. barely out of, to be honest, they were only filming in the house. So exactly. I didn't, yeah. Well, I didn't, and that house is. I didn't not, even know that was in LA. Yeah, well, it's not real. The house yeah. is real, yeah. but the set yeah. is a set yeah. in it. Yeah. So, but you only hear of like certain places like Tijuana and all this stuff mm. because the show talks about them. Yeah. Muslim Fools talks about them. So. So I was like, LA? And he's like, yeah, I live here now. I was like, okay. So I remember that summer, or that May, you know, university usually finishes around May. Mm. Um, I was like, all right, I'm going to do three months. So I ended up going there for three months. And it was it was, it was, was way more than anything I experienced. It felt like, you know the game Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Like, yeah, it felt like that. And how old are you? 21. Damn. 20, 20, 21, yeah. And um, I just remember just being like, wait, this, this isn't real. Like, because... At that time, like even being 20, I probably was only traveling in and around Europe. Mm. Right? My Most mom, people don't branch out till after though, yeah. No. Especially you broke in uni. Yeah, exactly. Like 50p to my name. You know what I mean? <laughs> and even at the time, like 
I only heard about America because I had family there. Mm. But one of my friends, he would always go there for, for like summer holidays and school days. And I used to always be jealous. Like, damn, how can you always get to go to America? Do you get what I mean? But um, yeah, I had the privilege of going in 2011. And it was just like, what? I've never seen, What is this? Like, everything is just... Nah, this can't be real. It's, it's just everyone insane. that goes to America comes back and says like it's not a real. It's place. not a real place. Like, and I, I haven't been yet, yeah. but I just want to know what people mean by it's, it's not just, a real place. It's just it's a real place, obviously. Yeah, but, like but just like it's crazy almost like scenes. yeah, it's almost like your wildest imagination is mm. actually playing out. You get? I'm trying mm. to say like you can't you you can't think of the maddest food that isn't made in America. Like literally, I'm things scared like, of American food. No, nah, literally, literally, I'm things like custard, um, Krispy Kremes, but with a burger inside. Ooh, my friend went to New York <laughs> like three months ago, and she said she had a what was it? Custard, custard Oreo and donuts. Something Oreo and donuts in a sandwich. I yeah. said, yeah, that doesn't even sound pleasant. Exactly. That doesn't even That's sound nice. Your, your wildest dreams. In reality, literally, that is what that place the food is now. Is so artificial. That's scary. It's so the GMOs are ridiculous. Mm-mm. So now I will say, America changed my life. I experienced a lot of great, great, great things, hundred percent. But there's obviously the other side to it as well. You yeah, know, they call it the land of the free. It almost feels like Neverland. It's like too much freedom is not always good. Of sometimes. course, we all need boundaries, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it feels like Neverland. You mm. know, when you go to Peter Pan, you go to Neverland. Yeah, yeah. You never want to leave. That's what. Saw, do you, like. How do you feel now? I'm out of there. You're ready. <laughs> You're done. done. You've done it all. I've 10, done. 12 years. Like I've, 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 I've done it, and that's what we were. That's what the plan was. It's like we did as much work as we could in London at the time mm. with the wretches, the Stormzies, the whatever, and we were just like, we need more. Mm. And then you know we were going back and forth to LA, and then 2015, 16, eventually it was like. Adios. Mm. And we left London. Do you know what I want to know? Actually, what was dial it back? What was your life like? Like when you were in London. What, like, why did you, okay, you know, I know why you wanted to leave, but like, what was your life like here? It was just, it just felt like an uphill battle. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not, and I'm all for the smoke when it comes to like chasing your dreams and the work that you have to put in for sure. I don't, I don't doubt that. But when it feels like you are putting like so much time into something and then you're not seeing the rewards of that, mm. but then you're seeing other people just fly by you and you're yeah. just like, huh? And then you kind of think, and then you find yourself in situations where you think people are going to, you know, support what you're doing or like see your talent and push it forward and they don't. And it's just like, huh? So you kind of start looking for pastures elsewhere. Mm. And at the time, it wasn't like things were bad, but it was like, you know, 2013, we had just worked on Ariana Grande, who oh, damn. she was the biggest artist at the time. Like she was the next, oh, the next Mariah Carey mm. and whatnot. So it worked on her. And then... It was almost like when we came back to London, no one knew who she was because she mm. was still new, but she was number one in like 50 countries. Damn. So no, everyone was, we thought we're going to come back and the doors are just going to fly open. We're going to work with everyone. And it was like, no, it ain't. People were like, who? We don't <laughs> care. And we were like, like really heartbroken about yeah. that. And that's how the transition to working with Wretch came about. Mm. So we started working with Wretch and then um, it was like, you need to work with a UK artist, blow up off of that, and then things kind of opened up. Yeah, it's like a segue. And that was literally the beginning. Six words in 2014 was like the beginning of it with Wretch. Who was like your favorite artist that you've worked with? He's the favorite one. Oof. Shall I ask you who was your least favorite? No. No, favorite artist to work with, might one of them might be Wretch, mm. just because there was a lot of creative 
freedom. Mm. And like I said, we were church boys. So when you listen to like the first and the second album, yeah. you did three albums for him. Um, when you listen to the yeah. first and second ones, they, mm. they have a lot of church influences in them. Mm. Do you like write lyrics sometimes or you strictly... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you know what I find weird about that? Like, you know, producers, like I said, very talented. And if you can write the song, make the beat, what stops you from just doing it yourself? Well, like, that's, but you, but you get a lot of producers doing it now. Like, but do you want to do it? Like, do you never just know. think like, I'm doing this for other people. Like I could make it big. Do you <laughs> know what you're it is? more like, I don't want to be in the limelight. Do, it's, it's, it's a mixture of things. Mm. Firstly, I don't, being in the limelight is, is not what people make out to be like true you have to be of a certain like level of like thinking to be able to be like i'm going to be famous and sustained mm. you know what i mean so that the the idea of the limelight is something that i chase or want mm. um and also like i know what it i know what it's like to be an artist and the woes of being an artist mm. and the struggles of being that artist and that compounded with being a producer probably just isn't something that i'm out for in but do you capacity. ever feel like you're like I don't know like you're giving your talent to someone else and does it ever feel like they're taking credit or does um, it not feel like that for you um I think in the earlier stages of my career there was a purity mm -hmm. in how I approached like music uh both Mike and I you know there was a purity it was like oh, we're just you know gonna be good people and, mm -hmm. and then you realize that like a lot of the people that you are working with or they're they're just out for themselves. They just want to do what they want to do. Your heart changes. Mm. And you start looking at things a little differently. And, you know, it, the purity, even though you're still making music from a pure place, you don't ap approach situations from a pure place. So you kind of have a preconception that everyone's kind of out to take advantage of you. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? In some sort of way. So that kind of becomes your president. Yeah. Um, as you get on and you kind of just start dealing with people from a way it's just like, what is it like? You know when they say mm. there's no new, there's no friends in the industry. Like it's Damn. real like that. Like you, it's very far and few that you can pick. Be yeah, ask my brethren. Mm. That person really checks for me, or that person has my best interest. Most people just get what they want, and once they get what they want, they out. They don't even look back. They don't even. Do you, mm. <laughs> you get what I mean? So it's just the woes of being an artist or producer. Should I say? Are just a lot as it is. And, and is it so. better in London, London than it is in LA? Then. Every every country has its beast, in it. Mm. Like London has its its thing about it that makes you want to just leave. Outside of the industry, the weather oh. <laughs> plays a big part in itself. Listen, so it's just like I just finished uni, yeah, and it's like heavy on my mind. Like, where do I want to live? Because yeah. right now I'm a bit like, you know, when you finish uni, it's like it's an interesting phase of life. Like, yeah. it's yeah. I wouldn't say confusion, thank God, because that's probably one of the things I was most scared of. Right. I know so many people that finish uni and it's like, you're confused about what you want to do or you literally don't have a passion. Mm -hmm. But I have I have a passion. I'm very glad I've got a passion. I love that. But it's more like, I have so many options mm -hmm. and I don't know which one to pick. But then I feel like I can pick everything because I'm so young. Yeah. But then I don't know which to go with. Like I think I think it really just comes down to... Uh, and I think... I, didn't, I haven't said this to you, but it's something that I've been thinking about. You know, mm -hmm. you know when people was like, what's your why? Mm. Right, that's important because you need a reason to. Yeah, do yeah. But I also think it's what's your will. Mm. Like, what will you do? Like, what will you choose? Because free will is essentially a choice about whether you're gonna do something. Or not. Yeah. So it's just like that battle in itself is difficult. Will I? Will I not? Will I? Will I? Will I? Will I not? Do you get what I'm trying questions. to say? I think once questions. you 
think you understand. I think once you know what your will is, yeah. like what will get you up in the morning, mm. what will make you do it, even if you don't want to do it, mm. I think you get a little closer to uh, what that is because mm. it essentially is a passion. It's something yeah. that you love, and a lot of people will work on that for years to see it succeed, even if they don't have food to eat. Even yeah, food, you get what I mean, mm. like something that makes you get up in the morning, something that keeps you like awake. Like, I have to see this through. Like, it's just how, how I looked at music. It's like, there was nothing else. It's only, like, in the last couple of years that mm. my ventures have been growing and there's other things that I'm into and doing. But at one point, this was all I cared about. Mm. Guy's studio, Monday to Friday, probably even Monday to Sunday. No, do you know what I just did? <laughs> your schedule, like, your life, yeah. Yeah. You're insane. Like, okay, not insane because it's good. But when you... I'm just thinking back to when you wake me up at 6 a.m. to go yeah, to the gym. Like, yeah. so what's your lifestyle? Like, what's your... So... What's your passion? What do you do? Um, so for me, it's just like, again, like at one point it was just make music, make music, make mm. money, make music, make money. And then you get older and then you start learning like um, particular principles that really shape the type of future that you want. Yeah. Um, when you're young, you base a lot of things on talent. I'm talented. Mm. I'm talented. And you get older and you it really is about principle mm. and how you live your life and the lifestyles that you, you take up. So for me, I'm very much a, as you know, <laughs> up in the morning. Rigid schedule. Rigid. Straight to the gym. Train. And you know, and he spends about seven hours in the gym <laughs> yeah, as well. I don't, he I don't. You I go. Lying. I go for about thirty five minutes. <laughs> nah. Every couple of weeks. Hour, hour and a half. Hour training, thirty minutes. That's cardio. not that bad, actually. Yeah. That's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I mean, when if you if you're doing it early in the morning, yeah, you still got all of this hours left. Yeah, of the to be rest fair. of the day. So, and it has so many other benefits. Like when I when I do go to the gym, which when, is really when upper, she does. Go when to I do go, <laughs> it's like it, it helps with so much. My mental health. Yeah. It. I feel like I get more done in the day. 100%. And I used to think that like, if I wake up to, and go to the gym at five, I'll be super tired. Yeah, no. But I get so much done and you're up yeah. at five. Before everyone's awake, you've yeah. done so much. Like, Yeah, my, my thing used to be I got to beat the sun. Ooh. That was always my Ooh. thing. Like, I want to beat. Because obviously one, when winter comes, right? <laughs> That's a shout, it start, yeah. It stays dark till about mm. half seven, seven yeah. 7.45. I remember school days. So it'll be cold at 7.45 yeah. and yeah. it's still dark, right? So I've all, but usually on a normal day in what maybe spring mm. maybe about seven six I'll always be like I gotta beat the sun I've gotta yeah. beat the sun so but discipline is really the key word there mm. do you get what I mean like the discipline uh, the discipline you need um, in in training is also the same principle you need in financial literature mm. you know what I mean the discipline yeah. in financial literature is what you also need to yeah, be able translates. to wake up every day it translates so yeah. even if I'm training going gym every day, there is something that I'm taking out that I can use in different facets of my mm. lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Oh, do you know what, actually what I want to ask you? You know, you're Nigerian, obviously. Yeah. Like, how much of an impact does your culture have on you as a person in general, but also on the music that you make? Um, it's become way more, it's become prominent as I've got older. You know, um, when I was young, I knew I was Nigerian. I ate Nigerian food. Mm. You know, I went to Nigerian parties, weddings, you name it, like. I was always around the culture, but I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I did once I kind of uh, grew up a little bit, at least into my teens, mm. um, college, uh, then university, and then you start become you start coming across the early Wiz kids and the mm. early Davidos and the early Debanges and Two Face Dibia. I can't lie, Debanges opened so many doors for people. Oh my I'm god, saying, he was like, sick. He was sick. Yeah, 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 and. Um, 
you start becoming aware. Now, I was already around a lot of this music because my parents played the fellas at home, the mm. Ebenezer Obeys, the um, the uh, Sonia Cossons that like, they used, he used to play all of these songs, my dad especially. So I was always around it, but I didn't mm. appreciate it until I, I guess, had some sort of self-awareness and realized that, oh, I'm Nigerian and there's a lot that comes with being Nigerian. Mm. Um, and that probably played a really big part, you know, in terms of like my approach to music, the way I approach my drums, the my melody. Um, and it's so funny, like, because the cult culture and religion actually go hand in hand, mm. which is crazy. Um, so like being Nigerian, the traditional culture somehow merged to Christianity. Yeah, it is. It actually is. <laughs> and merged to music. Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? Which is then merged to politics. Mm. Like it's all the same. Yeah. So it was just, it just there was obviously one when you look at it like that there's one part of it that you focus on and mm. then as you go through life and you experience you realize how linked they are and how music and politics is linked mm. and why the government at the time were putting fella through what he was mm. putting through because he would talk about a lot of the issues of the country in his music mm. do you understand what i'm saying and then it's also connected to the Christian religion. Oh, wow. Burner Boy really is inspired by him because he does a lot of that as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. At the time, there wasn't no social media for Fela to mm. be able to really out the government. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas now, it's just like, everyone's eyes are open. So yeah. anything funny that's going on, yeah. who are we blaming? But then I also think, like, you can put these issues on social media, but because we consume so much content, mm -hmm. nothing really gets as much attention for a long time. Like, for example, when something happens, like, mm. it will happen for a time, everyone will go mad about it, then you won't hear anything. Like, I just don't feel like there's any, but it, like, but, actual outrage. It's but it just lives, for a it time. Lives, but it lives on the internet. Yeah, that's, that's the true, that's true. Whereas in and Fela's then evidence, team, yeah. In yeah. time, once they kill whoever, mm. maybe hear it by in a news newspaper, yeah, it's true. then after that, it's whereas true. now, one thing, bro, people will be pulling up tweets from, from 10 years ago. <laughs> No, have you done? Ago. Have you gone back in your Twitter to like double check that yeah, you did? I'm actually, I had to do that. It's actually pretty cool. Did you know? I I feel like I was just tweeting rubbish. I can't. I was tweeting. I don't think I was ever really tweeting anything crazy. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, da, da, da. I don't. That was. Never I remember really when I realized thing. people were getting cancelled, and yeah. I said, "Let me just do a quick, quick search." <laughs> Go back. Because when I get, when I make it big, I was like, "No you one can tell me coffee. I'm not hosting yeah. a show because yeah. of something I said in 2007." Yeah, but that was yeah, all clear, yeah. all clear. So it's yeah, no, it's um, it's definitely uh. You have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't like yeah. it though. Like I I like to say what obviously nothing offensive, but I like to say what I want to say. Absolutely. And I just feel like there's so much that you can't say this, you can't say that. I can't yeah. even live my life. How I want to live. We've I can't become, have an opinion. Yeah, it's just I'm still have it, but yeah, you can't you just should. be as free with it. Sometimes you got to sugarcoat it. Yeah, no. I, I, we're very sensitive. We've become very, very sensitive. Sen like everything yeah. is very uh about feeling mm. and how things feel and you know and I don't know. I don't know. That's just what it is. I think is. Nigerians are in a different time zone because 100%. in the UK, everyone says, <laughs> my mom says some outrageous things and I'm just like, you can't say that here. But yeah. I don't feel like Nigerians have caught up to the, they don't care. I don't think I they mean, will. They, they, they've never cared. They That's don't care. They we, never will. You, you're expecting a generation yeah. that wasn't, that is still kind of catching up to social media. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm talking, they don't, I'm, like, even when I talk to my parents sometimes, like, <laughs> <laughs> Even the way they hold the phone, <laughs> you just think, huh? No. Why are you holding it so close? Like it literally is down to like mere <laughs> details. Like even just being used to a smartphone for them yeah. is different. But you know yeah. what? I like sometimes I get frustrated, yeah. But then I've actually come to realize that she, my mom, my mom's like fifty-two. Mm -hmm. 
most of her life, she didn't have this thing. Yeah. And then it's like only now in her later stage, she's got this phone and she literally has to learn everything. Sometimes she asked me how to send a picture on an email. And I was just like, mommy, you just literally just attach it with yeah. a paper clip. For you, yeah. But it seems simple for me. But for but them, it's still new. My, I've my... had to learn like patience yeah, with my mum because yeah. I feel like... It's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, well, I but then I've actually had to deep it. Like, it's my, not her fault. My parents are in their 70s. Wow. Social media only really blew up when? 15 Damn. years ago. So my parents were in their 60s. Mm. Really? Yeah. When, do you get what I mean? They were in their 50s. When what? 20 years ago. When what? When we just... Wait, how many the, siblings do you have? I'm the last of four. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. So when they were 50 odd, I was what, 10? Mm. Bruv, we were just getting phones. Yeah. <laughs> I think... In the early I, 2000s. I had a... When I was 10... My, they didn't really allow me a proper phone. I had a brick phone and I used to lose it all the time. So I, I was only allowed 20 pound phones and I used to literally drop it in the park and lose it. And I remember when I got my first Blackberry, I literally remember it like it was yesterday. And I was like, oh my God, let me change my BBM like display picture, <laughs> yeah. put my PM. That was a time and a half. Yeah, I yeah, literally remember yeah, it like yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah. But then I feel like, cause I was quite young when, I think I've always known about well, phones and computers. Well, you came, you probably came in an era where the internet was already thriving in some sort mm. of way. Um, for anyone that's born like 2000s and below, yeah, like it's a bit different. We were able to see before the internet and after the internet. I do. You know what I mean, I'm trying so, to remember what it was like. It, think about. I so think like, I was like three when the internet yeah, came and out. I was probably. what, probably what, 15, 13? Oh, and I came from an era where, like, you know, you had Nokia F3310s mm. and. Eric Sony Ericsson's, the flip phones, Damn. and when you wanted to send music, you would. No, I think the flip phones were lit though. They were. I like the flip phones. They were. And the days of infrared where you would send music through an infrared. Okay, I don't know what that is. Exactly. All I know is we used to send... That's so crazy. <laughs> infrared, I don't know yeah, what that is. So infrared was like a... It's like a, a, a thing on your phone where it beams a light, a red beam, right? And you connect it to another phone that has infrared and that's how you would send like files or send music to people or something. Oh, I don't know. Before Bluetooth was even Bluetooth. Yeah, we used to yeah. do Bluetooth. I came from the, where there wasn't Bluetooth no. yet, infrared. But you know what? I was born in Nigeria, so I only came when I was seven. Okay. When I was in Nigeria, like... I, it was pretty much like no, not no social media. I didn't have a phone or anything. Well, I was seven, but I didn't have a phone or anything. And I literally, oh my God, I literally remember. I have this thing of when I was younger, I literally thought I was way, way older than I was in my head. <laughs> like, I think it was actually, I think there was something wrong with me because yeah. I was, I think I was four. Right. But then again, credit, like in Nigeria, mm -hmm. you are a bit more advanced than kids here. Like I was Absolutely. probably four five years old. No, I would say probably... Let me not stretch it. Maybe six years mm -hmm. old. Because mm -hmm. four was very young. And I was at school and my sister didn't come and get me. So I said, I'm taking my bag and I'm going. Whoa. So I've started walking. Me and my cousin, we're literally like 10 days apart. So we're both mm -hmm. six years old. Mm -hmm. Walking, walking, walking. And I think we were walking for about two hours. And we ended up like, we recognized a building and it was one of my like cousin family friends house. So we just mm -hmm. went there. And then obviously, I don't think there was really phones because they didn't have a way of knowing where we were. Right, so right. it was just like loads of panic. And then... My cousin's mum came home and I think she was able to call my mum or right, something. Right, right. And then now, obviously, my sister's come and picked me up. And they put me... <laughs> this, is, this might sound like I was abused, but it, it's normal <laughs> in Nigeria. <laughs> but, like, we were in the front yard of, like, the estate, yeah? Okay, yeah. And they just beat us because they were like, do you guys know how old you are? And you literally walked two hours. We even crossed, like, a freeway. And I was fine. I just thought it's not a big deal. But in my mind, I literally thought I was, like, 15. I was six. You were six years old. I was six old. years old, but I can't lie. I think that's like 
props to us for making that journey. Yeah, I mean, and you knew the way. We didn't know the way. So how I don't even do know. It? I don't even know where we were going. Like, we, I just remember walking, walking, walking. Next, you know, we're on a freeway. We've crossed the freeway. And the fact that no one even bat an eyelid at two six-year-olds. Which is, which is. Crossing the freeway makes no sense. But then when I just saw that building, when obviously we knew, then we went into my friend, my cousin's house. So that's, that's the only way. But other than that, if I didn't find that building, I don't actually know what would have happened because I did not know the way home. I mean, God definitely directed you. Yeah. But then that beaten, I would never forget <laughs> in my life. And then I said, okay, next time she's late, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I'm going to wait. Yeah. Nah. Wow. Six. Yeah, I think my so. life in Nigeria was so weird. Like, I don't remember much, but I get like flashes. I think life in anywhere, any country outside of the Western countries it's is very, mad. very different. That's but then, because I left when I was seven and then I didn't go back for time. Mm. Obviously, I'm like like British. Mm -hmm. Now, nah, if you want to call it that. <laughs> I don't like to claim it, but I am. She claims British. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why I claim it now? Because when I was on holiday, someone was like, you fucking Brits. And that's the first time ever, anyone's ever like classed me as a Brit. Wow. Because we were playing music and he was basically... Too loud. Yeah, but then I was like, I'm a Brit. But then, yeah. She's like, damn, I'm one of them like, guys. Thought, Everywhere I go, I say I'm Nigerian. <laughs> like, well, you are. I am. You technically, I mean, I even though I was born in... Really? Yeah, I'm Nigerian through and through. Yeah, I think that's mad people though. People can decide to kick us out and say, "Go back to your country." That's the good thing about like people in the UK because yeah. they still are like in touch with their African roots, whereas 100%. in America, like they're not really in touch, which is obviously not. Yeah, not no one's fault, but yeah, I mean, it's America's very good at propaganda. Mm. You know? and, yeah, America's very good at that. So they what they will do is what they've done. Is they just made lies up and they mm. told most people that you don't need to leave. Yeah. Everything you need is in our country. So but don't you think people we... are like breaking out of that now? Because I i don't 100%. know if it's a social media thing though. Like people are going to Ghana and they're claiming like they feel like home in Ghana and stuff. Yeah. But now everyone's like hopping on it. I don't know if it's like because of socials or genuinely because I mean, they were interested. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, like <clears throat> I, I said it, the world is changing mm -hmm. and the technology is changing the world. So what felt like far away is probably closer than you yeah, realize. True. So most people now, it's just like our generation, should I say, we want to be connected to something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And because everybody's so outstretched, like you can go to any country in the world and you always see black people. Yeah. And a lot of times when you come across black people, where did they say they're from? Somewhere in Africa. Mm. Do you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm from Nigeria, Zimbabwe, Ghana. Most people come from that side and they're splurted in different places. Mm. Um, and then when you meet them people as a white white person, as a black American, you kind of get into who they are and where they come from. Whether it's, you know, coming from somewhere in Africa or anything like that, especially in Africa. And then you hear stories of mm. new African kids who, or first generation or whatever, who have African families and they came from Africa yeah. gone to America and then they've been bullied and been mm. all gooey scratches and all of this stuff. It's, a, it's a lot. Oh. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I always think, does that still go on now? Are people more used to... I think more people are... It probably does still go on, but you have more people now who have friends mm. or just know are around so much um, culture, yeah. especially Nigerian or yeah. African. Music is definitely a, a yeah. key player. Um, but again, technology, the internet, do you mm. know what I mean? Like if some some white person or some black American or somebody has traveled to Nigeria, mm. there's this guy I follow on, on socials and he's this white guy and he's just in Nigeria. 
he's always well, like living or he might as well, but he's always. Do you know, trying I always like white people that is that weird. I always like white people that like have lived in like when they say they've lived in Kenya for like a couple of months because yeah. you know when they come back they have so like yeah there's yeah. a different vibe about them like I ha- yeah. there's this guy at work he literally lived in Kenya for like a year or two but mm-hmm. he he walks around the office barefoot. I don't, but I don't know if he does it because he thinks he looks like it's comfortable. I I, I, mean? I sometimes walk around with my socks. The, no, but the off where I work. My office is like... Yeah, that's a, that's a public place. <laughs> eight floors. Yeah. There's three buildings. I'm just... But he's floor. so like... Maybe he's just reached that stage of life where you just don't care anymore. Like It happens like that. And usually when you go to uh, such culturally different places, mm. it does that to yeah. you. Do you get what I mean? You just and realize that some of the things that you worry about in England is very, matter. very like... And that's the thing. That's with. why, That's why you know, like I said, like you've got more Westerners go into these places and what's happening is it's like, oh, like... Feel like I'm a part of something bigger than myself. Mm. You know what I mean? And for the love for the longest, you know, black Americans haven't really attached themselves, been attached to yeah. anything other than I'm American. Mm. It's like, okay, well, you came from somewhere. Yeah. You didn't, you weren't, now people you didn't are starting just, to. Exactly. Even if you was born here, somebody brought you here. Mm. Somebody created the opportunity for you to be here. Do you get what I mean? And traveling really like opens your eyes. Like, what would you say is your best traveling experience or like something that you've learned going to another country? The world is a big place. Mm. Um, and if I want to keep involving and growing as a human, I have to f- look at the world from different lenses. Mm. And that usually happens when you travel. Yeah. Because everybody in, everybody in different countries are wearing different lenses. Talk less of the individual. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like their own experience. But every country is a different lens. Mm. You know, the lens of Ooh, Nigeria. I like that. Every country is a different lens. Like the lens in Nigeria is very different to the lens in Ghana. And they're only an hour apart. Mm, <laughs> you know I'm trying to say, and then you've got the lens of America, which yeah. is completely different to yeah. the lens of Europe. You know what I'm trying to say, so yeah. it's it's very, it's if if you're into uh, the evolution of self and like growing as a human mm. being, then traveling is definitely very for that. definitely you really opened my eyes. Like especially Thailand, I will never stop talking about that trip in my life. Like <laughs> it really did open my eyes. Yeah. I really really loved, but Nigeria as well. Like I said, because I didn't go back for years, years. and years. Yeah. It was like, but then it was a bit like. At first, it kind of felt like a bit of a identity crisis because I was like, oh, in London, I always felt like I'm not quite. British, mm. just because when I came, I actually had an accent, like I, <laughs> thick, thick accent, thick and people don't believe me now because they say I sound really like I'm from Southeast London. Wow! But my accent was very much happy like that I'm from Southeast London. <laughs> that you no. sound Southeast London. No, I'm not. Oh, do you miss your accent? No, I don't. Oh, it okay. was the strong hatreds in front of everything that. So I can't lie. I do slip up sometimes. I feel like it's yeah. always ingrained in you. Of course. So sometimes oh. I say "huh" and I'm like "oh." Highs <laughs> and it slips, and it slips out, and I'm like, and then I remember, like, oh yeah, I'm Nigerian, yeah, but yeah, it's like yeah. once every year it comes yeah, out, and I'm like, whoa, highs, highs, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I definitely don't miss it. Yeah, but yeah, when I went to Nigeria, I was thinking, oh, I thought I would like feel a bit more. Like I did feel at home. I was there for a mm. month, but this was like I remember the first day when I went got there, and I was a bit like, mm, I don't know how I feel. But then yeah. it's like when I was um like engaging with. Yeah. Not even yeah. my family members, just other Nigerians. People, yeah. They treat me like I'm British. Of course. Obviously, because of how I sound. And I just thought... Not just how you sound. You smell different. You look different. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, there is a different smell. When I went in 2019 for the first time, I, I thought I had... That was it. your first time, too? That was my first time. Um, my parents, obviously, were like, Nigeria's dangerous, don't mm. go. And then music eventually took me there. Yeah. And I just remember going there and, you know, my parents were like, make sure you dress down, don't wear nothing. Yeah. Good. 
So I was like, all right, cool. Don't wear nothing. That yeah. made no difference. I dressed down. I no. took off all earrings. I think it's, it maybe, no is it your skin? It you, can tell. Yeah. <clears throat> you look what different. They, what did you it call you? Um, JJC. Yeah. Was it? It's like, um, oh, someone said it to me. Johnny just come. Is it? Someone <laughs> called me JJC. I said, wait. They, they, they <laughs> at the time, they were, they were, um, they, they were actually calling me Ote. What's that mean? So Ote's... Oh, Ote, like alternative. Yeah. Really? That's what they Because you have piercings. No, well, yeah. Two piercings. Um, uh, uh, at the time, I had braids. Ooh. Yeah, I had twists or whatever. Damn. So anyone that kind of had twist or dreads yeah. or anything is like, oh, he's an Ote. Uh, he's one of the Ote's. But you know Nigeria now, like, the Ote scene is big. It's like, it's... Yeah. Whoa, it's crazy. Yeah, because it's just... It's, it almost feel, it almost comes across like a freedom of expression. Mm, you know what I mean? Like yeah. whether that's you doing dreads, twist, because as you know, our culture is very, very hell bent on appearance. Yeah. So it's just like if you have long hair and all this stuff, you're a bad boy. I think you the, go, you're a gang. It's, it's definitely engraved in me because for some reason, I still not like I think it, but yeah. like when I see people with dreads or plaits, it's not really a big deal anymore. But I think deep down in the back of my mind, I always think. Mm, but I think that's because my mom has just always made yeah, it like yeah. a thing. But it's really not that. Yeah, it's my not mom, that serious. My mom, I'll never when I when I first went to Nigeria in 2019, she was firstly she was nervous. She was like, "You're going to Nigeria." I'm like, "I have to." Did you go by yourself? No, nah, my business partner. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I was there for a camp. Mm. I had to go, and she was like, eh, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah, I have to go." She was like, "Okay, I'll be praying." I was like, All right, cool. And then I remember the day of. Grew up in the morning because that was the first time I'd taken malaria tablets. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I just didn't oh. react to it, well, right? And my mom was like, that's it. I've made the decision. You're not going. I said, no, I have Wait, to go, bro. how old are you at this point? I was definitely, what, 29? 2019, I was definitely 28, 29. No, I've made the decision, I've made the decision for my grown not, son. Because I was, go I was actually... Leaving from the house, so I flew to London, um, ah. and then we'll fly. Everyone's flying from here. Yeah. So I was staying at their you house. You can't go straight from America. You have to stop in London. Well, because because the the company that was bringing us Universal Nigeria, mm. they had booked the tickets from London ah, okay. to Nigeria. Okay. Nigeria. It's just easier that. Way. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I'd already made my way to London. So mm. I was at my parents' house. So I remember the morning of my mom was like, "Hey, this is I'm not, I've made the because I've made this executive decision. I'm not going. Nah, you're not ill. That's God giving you a son. I'm like. Woman, I have to go. There's nothing I can do. And I remember getting there and just thinking, they've deprived me because mm. there was so much that I probably like could relate to. Yeah. Even though like our lifestyles are very different and I was definitely way more privileged, there was a lot of things that we could relate on just being black. Mm. You know, oh, just being. I can't explain to you the feeling of like. Cause I've been in London for way too long. too long. You know when yeah. I got there, and I was like, everybody's black. Yeah, like yeah. I've deep that I didn't actually realize walking around. You know when you're in London, sometimes, especially if you're, let's say, you work in a job that's yeah. predominantly white, or you mm. live in an area that's. When you see that one black person, it's like you feel you feel joy. something. I don't yeah. know what you feel, but it's yeah. like you feel something, or like yeah. you'll more likely go to them if you yeah. see them in a room. Hundred percent. But then I was in Nigeria, and I was like, I don't know why it shocked me, but everybody was black, and I was like, I, this is not even something that I thought. Was a thing that was yeah. gonna uh, like have yeah. any sort of impact on Steve me, but Harvey it was. Said it. He it was said amazing. It. Yeah, Steve Harvey said it in the interview. He was just like one of the greatest things for him going to Africa was he didn't feel like a minority. He wasn't a minority. That's it. That's what it is. And I was like, that's so true. Like, you can walk around and not feel like someone's gonna be like, go back to your country. Yeah, you get what but I mean? there's like, other things that will, that will still shout you. Course, but it's just like, but it was actually a really nice feeling. I'm not gonna there's lie. There's nothing compared to seeing your fellow man, same color skin. <sighs> 
you know, eating probably the same yeah. food. You know, everything, there's a lot of familiarity. There. Yeah, and yeah. when everyone was eating rice for breakfast, it just confirmed to me. Because <laughs> when I eat rice for breakfast, uh, some people think it's weird. But when I eat rice for breakfast, <laughs> I was like, this is where I get it from. Yeah. I can eat pounded yam at 7 a.m. Which is no very issues. mad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very It crazy. does explain but a lot. But I get it because, <laughs> like, even me being born in London, living in London, there was a point where I loved pounded yam mm. so much, like... It was everything. Wait, no, no. <laughs> it was just being like nine, ten years old. Yeah. And like your parents just making powder jam and okra stew. Mm. And that was life. That was that was everything. Do you get what I mean? So I can under and the taste of it was just exquisite. Yeah. So I could eat that probably three times a day and be cool. Yeah. And then you get older. And it's you're not a healthy like, diet. Starch. It's so. What even you is see it? These uncles walking around with what stomachs. What even is it? <laughs> what even like the powdered one? What is it? It's just a lot of stuff. It's just flour. Yeah, exactly. And it just imagine eating that over the course of fifty. It years does explain that the, the uncle. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which I'm not gonna lie, the food in Nigeria. Yeah, obviously yeah. there's some good restaurants here. 100%. I like my mom's food, ten out of ten. For sure. But when I had the food in Nigeria, I said, Nah, I could do this. Like I could. I was like, I think I might move here. The only it thing that's not so fresh, that's, that's, that's not good, is it doesn't last long in your stomach. Ooh. You will be in the bathroom the day after. No. People say that, but I've never experienced that. I definitely maybe because you were born even the yeah, and you're used to it. And that's why I was saying to Tracy because my cousin Tracy, like we went to Nigeria together, and like she says, every time she goes, it's horrible. Like the food doesn't sit right with her. But I genuinely think there's certain things that like I I don't really remember much being in Nigeria, but it's like engraved in yeah, me. Yeah, when you're born there, yeah, you know, you're you're remember like from being inside the stomach. Mm. Your parents are used to drinking the water. Mm. They're used to drinking. Uh, just you know, eating the food that's made with the water. Yeah. Like, so you're, the baby's naturally used mm. to it. Whereas for me, like I'm coming from a completely different yeah. like, demographic, wow. of, like how we eat food and how we drink water. Mm. So when I'm there and they're like, "Don't drink from the tap I'm like, "Oh, all right, cool." Tap water. They're still using, the, but they're still using the tap water to wash plates, mm. to make food. Essentially, yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're making pounded jam, you need water, right? Yeah. No one's using oh. bottled water. You're using yeah. tap water. You understand know what I'm saying? Mm. So every that literally anything, everything and anything has water in it. Everything. So that with my system Actually, just that never, makes so much sense. Yeah. So that in my system never sits right. Mm. So always the first or two. Like I remember I went to Marikane. You mentioned What's the Marikane. It's like a it's like a restaurant in, in Lagos, right? And um, I just remember going there and the food tasted so good. Mm. I was just like, you're suffering the consequences. <laughs> no. um, I think I've got a stomach of still then. Yeah. I don't I never really get food poisoning either. Yeah, no, I've never really <clears throat> I've never really had food issues. It's just when mm. I'm in Nigeria, it just doesn't last long. Yeah. But in the same breath, food in the fridge in Nigeria doesn't last long either. If you notice. Yeah. In London, if you make food, you could probably three days. Yeah, yeah. Two, three days. True. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you make Jollof rice or anything like that, and you put it in the fridge by the day after, it's already. Is smelling. it the weather? Or the weather, the 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 water, but also um. like, for instance, like the, the voltage, right? The voltage um in Nigeria can't just can't contain fresh fruit like mm. that anyway. Do you get what I'm trying yeah. to say? So, and because it's so fresh, you're not really meant to Yeah, I was gonna say. Because loads of our food here is like preserved, preserved, yeah, like it's preservative, yeah. yeah. Whereas that the food is fresh, so yeah, it tastes so much better though. It tastes so much I think it's worth it even even if long. I had the the runs, yeah, I think like, I would still be eating it and yeah. just still it just be eating it and just pay for it. Yeah, it just doesn't last long. Like mm. literally, 
it literally will be done within like a day. Yeah, you lot be suffering. Nah, There's some praises to be born in Nigeria. <laughs> no, nah, but it's crazy because like sometimes I'll go to like just brush my teeth or mm. they'll be like, don't use the towel. Oh, tub yeah. And I'm like, damn. I can't lie, but I can imagine what's Take in that water. Yeah, I can imagine what's in that water. Very scary. Very scary. Very scary. <laughs> I remember when we went on a boat ride in Nigeria. And you know, in other countries, you would even jump off the boat and mm -hmm. swim. They were, I was like, oh, what would happen if like I went overboard? They were like, do you know what's in this water? I said, no, you can't even swim. This but to be I'm fair, swimming, swimming in the sea is like, do you swim in the sea? Have you ever? I have. Have you ever jumped off the boat in the middle of the sea? Never. I can't lie. I geared myself up to do it. When I went yeah, to Cyprus. Cyprus, yeah. I don't, I don't, but see, I, do you see my that? story? I jumped in with a life jacket first. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It was, I just... After I did it, I, and I went when I went scuba diving, mm -hmm. everything in my body was just telling me human beings are not meant to be in the water. Like I was fighting <laughs> for my life. My, you know, when you go like really deep in the water, your your ears pop and your head starts to feel like mm -hmm. it's like I've, you've been scuba diving. hundred percent, right? yeah. But do you like it? No. <laughs> did you do it once and never again? Yeah, that's it. Done. I don't see the thing about me is just like I like I don't mind trying things once. Yeah. Once I've done it once, I can say I've done it. Yeah. Like, I've done it. I did it, and it was just. I don't know what part I enjoyed. Maybe when I saw a couple of fishes, but it was they when they threw me in the water with like my weights on, I really felt like I shouldn't be here. And then as <laughs> soon as we were going down, 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 and my ears started popping. popping yeah. But then it was actually really beautiful. Like when we were walking on the rocks and I was like, there's actually so much more down to here. like this nice. world. Like yeah, 100%. We only know 5% of the oceans. That fact really scares so. me. That <laughs> so, fact really scares so. me. Every time someone says it, it's like... Yeah, it's too deep. Why are people going in the water? Because there's so much to discover. Yeah. You know, you can you can you can actually tell like when the earth formed from, mm. from knowing that sort of information. In the same way people are going into space and going deep, 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 deep. Do you think space. people are going into space? You know, there's a there's two sides to that argument. Cause I'm on the side that I don't believe it, but everyone says I'm like a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe it, but then I don't believe it. There's a lot of things pointing to it being true, and there's mm. a lot of things pointing to it. So I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in what's the word? Not indecisive, or what's in? There's, there's no real decision. in in um indifferent. Like in, you don't that's care. The word. Yeah, indifferent. I think <clears throat> I don't know. Like I, especially one time when I actually was like sitting down reading the Bible word for word, yeah, and it literally just said there's a firmament that separates mm -hmm. heavens, and I was just like, if they, and if I do believe there's a firmament, how are you leaving? Have you watched the Truman Show by any yeah, chance? It's a movie. Yeah. It just reminds me of that. Like, yeah, the Truman Show with um, Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah love yeah, that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's, how I, that's what I picture the firmament being. Like, how can you even leave? So there's the argument of like, no one's gone to space. It's all fake. Invest, <clears throat> investigate NASA, all of that. Yeah, I mean, mm. like I said, there's many reasons that points to it being true. Mm, yeah. And there's, but <clears throat> one thing I do believe is there is a higher being. There is God. Oh, 100%. You know the stories of how it, the world began, at least from a biblical sense, ties in very much with science. Mm. Very, very much with science. At the Big Bang. At the Big Bang. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, all of this other stuff about space and stuff could and could not be true. But what mm. I do know is there is a higher power. That is very. So you wouldn't, you don't class yourself as religious, right? You're more. Would you say spiritual or? I'm just a believer. In God or just... Ben? I'm a believer in God. Yeah. And I think I... When we had this conversation yeah. a while back, I'd said to you, it's just like, you know, for me, just being like, I'm a Christian. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. But I came from that. 
since yeah. I was a child. And I think as I've been on my own walk, mm. there's a lot of things that I've become privy to, things that I've been under, been able to understand. And I'm a firm believer that I'm not meant to, I'm not someone who is like, I'm a Christian, so I condemn every other. Mm. I don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of... I think that's really important, you know. That's yeah. one thing that I want to say irks me. Like, I don't like it. I don't, you don't have to... Because one time I went to a church and they said their sole mission was converting Muslims to Christianity. But that never sat right with me. <laughs> I just thought, what? Yeah, what kind yeah. of mission is yeah, that? You're almost trying to indirectly say that our religion is right and yours is wrong. Yeah. Like, I just... That mission was very wild to me. Like, Yeah. Yeah, what? yeah. It's just, and it's part of, those are part of the reasons why I'm just like, I'm a believer. I believe in God. Mm. I believe in Jesus. I believe it. I also believe that, you know, people who are Muslim and pray to Allah mm. is their way of saying they believe in God. Do you get what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I'm in no way saying that because I you know, believe in God or Jesus, yeah. that somebody else's idea for what God is is wrong. Mm, yeah, if yeah. You're, if you're born into it, then that's all you're gonna know. Yeah. Unless there is a an encounter mm -hmm. between you and God, and God says to you, "It's this." Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until then, live your life. Yeah. In this way. <laughs> I would definitely I mean? say I would class myself as a Christian, and but I one one thing that you said when we had this conversation was like think about all the generations that have taught their their children. This is the only way to God. This is mm. the religion that we're mm. going to follow. Da, da, da. Mm. And then it passed down, passed down, passed down. Of mm. course, it's going to be like engraved in you so yeah. much that you 100% believe that yeah. is facts. That's yeah. the truth. And yeah. no one else can tell me otherwise. 100%. Which I guess everyone's doing that like out of love, I guess. Because yeah. that's my mom. That's what my mom says. Doing yeah. out of love. You, If you knew something was the right way in your mind, you would mm -hmm. obviously want to tell your child and put them in that right path. Mm -hmm. But then growing up, I found that the like hyper-focus on go to church, Sunday school, da, da, da. it actually made me resent church for yeah. a long time. And it's been yeah. like such a battle, yeah. like getting back. It's been yeah. a ba mental battle, there. like I was getting, there. I've been there. getting back into yeah. it. And I actually did not go to church for like two years. And then one day off my own back, I was just like, do you know what? Yeah. In fact, it was more lockdown. Like lockdown, mm. I had like an encounter with God. Wow. And it was just crazy to me. And that just clarified in my mind, like I've been going to church all mm. of my life. It was like one day I literally was in bed and I was like, God, if you're real, show me. 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 I said it so many times. And then I thought, okay, I'll wait and see. I thought it was going to be instant. It wasn't instant. And then I think it was either like the following day or in that same week, mm -hmm. I had the mad, I had two actually. It was the maddest thing I've ever experienced. So now it's like no one can ever tell me that God isn't real. That God isn't real. But yeah. not only that, no one can ever tell me that when there's not a spiritual yeah. realm, if you want to call it that. 100%, 100%. like, But then what really just stuck with me is all my years of going to church mm -hmm. and I literally was just in my bed and I said, God, show me. And that's when I saw it. But all my life, I'd, I've never had an encounter, never felt like I had a relationship. And mm -hmm. it was just that one-on-one -on -one, and it genuinely felt like God was present. Rather than, I feel like I have to go to church to experience God. Mm -hmm. God is literally there. Like yeah. he's... Ever he's present, everywhere. like yeah, he's everywhere, and that like, just unlocked it in my mind for me. But yeah, yeah, that's the that's the real that's that's why when I was saying like the whole idea of like calling myself a Christian mm. feels a little limited mm. in some sort of way because I feel like the stigma with Christianity is is that you know we're very judgmental and you know I feel like when it comes to believing in God, there's a freedom that comes with that. You know, God doesn't force you to believe in Him. 
it's a choice you make. Whereas with Christianity, it almost forces you. Like, and they brand this shit. Um, if you don't do it, you go to hell. And all of these things, do you get what I mean? And like, you go through these moments where you're just like, if you're real, show yourself to mm. me. And um, yeah, and then I feel like I just got to a place where I was just like, this is this is not about like going to church every Sunday. It's about a relationship, right? Okay, cool. So I can work on that relationship anywhere and everywhere. Mm. Do you get what I mean? And once I kind of became aware of that, <clears throat> it became less about uh, signing in every Sunday. Mm. Clocking <laughs> and in, clocking, clocking out. Hey. I've done it for the week. I don't yeah, do it again. I'm good. Yeah. yeah, like go to church on Sunday. Mm. Praise God, and then Monday you're just doing a madness. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah. It became more yeah. About, it became, well, like Saturday night you're doing a madness. And then Sunday you're doing a madness. And then you, you know what I mean? Which, which, you know and, what? which is not a problem. Yeah, either. yeah. That's like, what I was going to say. Think yeah. about it, there's no issue with that. Do you know what I mean? Like but, I said, it's like yeah. if there's a relationship with God, like there are just certain things that you will and will not do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I said it to you before, like, like even the way we look at Ten Commandments, it's more so for me commitments mm. than commandments. Because if I'm committed to uh, my relationship with God, like any committed relationship, mm. I just wouldn't do certain things. Certain things are just off limits. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 my my take on it. That's why I can't be bamboozled or yeah. no preacher can die, no preacher can just come to me and be like, I had a dream last night. Yeah, 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 yeah great. Yeah, <laughs> it's thanks. always a dream. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to be honest, like even though I feel like I am open minded, and I would say I'm a Christian, but then I do still think there is like a powerful thing about church. Especially when I found the church that I like, it was like the presence that I felt in the church is always great. It's always great to be around other people that have the same, the belief, same belief. So, 100%. No, yeah. I, I'm definitely for the gathering of brethren. Yeah. Yes. But like I'm you said, well, like the Bible said, you can literally gather. Where two or more are gathered. It could be two it, people. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be a multitude. Of yeah. People. Like, um, and I think for me, like I said, like, I've become a lot more privy to just mm. <clears throat> myself. When you become really self-aware, there are certain things that you may let like slide when you were mm. younger, when you didn't mm. know much. Yeah. And you're older, you're like, nah, that ain't it. That ain't. You, know, you, you remember that Charlemagne the main Charlemagne the God <laughs> that ain't like, it. nah, that ain't it. <laughs> that literally isn't. Like, I'll be yeah. I'll be yeah. listening to it. I'll be like, nah, that ain't yeah. it. You know what I mean? I don't like to judge in any way, but I just know mm. me in it. You know what I mean? I know what stirs my spirit up. Do you know what's mad? Like, I remember being, not not self-aware, but I remember being younger and that never really crossed my mind. And I remember the moment where I became very self-aware as a human being. And it was like when I was 19. Right. And then, like I said this to my friend over there, she was like, you're just strange. I said, before I was, <laughs> like, before that moment, I thought I could do no wrong ever. I thought I have no flaws. I don't know if that's for everyone or like, yeah. yeah. And then I remember, like, it was literally after I turned 19 and I just had a moment of like, I feel like I just became so more self-aware mm -hmm. and then I started realizing, okay, not everything you do is right and not everything you say is like the right thing to do. This, this is where the bossiness comes in. I speak, everything I say is right. <laughs> but yeah, so like when did you, when do you feel like you became like self-aware and started looking at, looking inside? Maybe 2028, 20, 2029. 20, 2028? No, 28, oh. 29 years old. Oh, I was Two, No, we ain't there yet. <laughs> no, 2018, 19. Okay. And uh, this was probably around the time when I went to Nigeria for the first mm. time. And um, yeah, 2018, I was just, there, there was this guy um, who I used to listen to called Miles Monroe. I think I've mentioned mm. the story, yeah. right? God rest his soul. 
and um, he was he used to. He's just always his teachers have always just been very different, and he used to come to my church ironically, like in two thousand and six. Whenever he would come, he would do these. He would preach these messages about kingdom living and about being a kingdom citizen and all this stuff, and everybody would be like, "Ooh, that's deep," and it's like you don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> None of us do, right? And then in twenty eighteen, like a video of a clip of something he had said that had been around for a long time pops up and mm. I hear it, but I hear it completely different, right? And the clip says, he says in the clip, your future is God's history. Mm. God is taking you where he's already been. That's why success is inevitable to every human being if they follow God's plan. So I'm like, wait, hold on <laughs> a second. Wait, wait, wait. I've I've heard this, I've heard him preach it, but it it made sense for the first time. Your future is God's history. Mm. Wow. So... What's ahead of you? He's already, raw. And Been there, from that, that moment, my head blew. So it was like, wait. So hold on a second. So that means that he's already finished everything. So that means there's nothing I need to really worry about. Mm. Or my brain just went down this 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 wormhole. Yeah. And I was like, raw. And that's literally where it began. And I even posted it. I remember the day because I posted on my stories on on my on my Instagram, and I just remember being like, raw. Like your future is God's history. That's why success is inevitable to every human being if they follow God's plan. Raw, this is mad. So my, <laughs> my brain's like, huh? And then like, I'll go back to like, so from that moment when I, I would go back to old messages and he would say things like, oh, like we don't even realize like how powerful the Lord's prayer is, like what God is saying in it. So it's just like, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come where thy will be done where on earth. As, as it is never so, and then he made a statement. It was just like we're so concerned about as Christians, as Christians, <laughs> so concerned about going to heaven when mm. the, the 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 Lord prayer says His will will be done on earth. Yeah. So and I think the hyper focus on like trying to, oh God, yeah, no, trying to get to heaven. Like, yeah, get heaven to heaven. Is, and it's just like why you this isn't your domain. Yeah, bro. the yeah. whole point of me making earth. Was for this for you? Do you mm. get what I'm trying to say? And it will, even that is just like because when you come from an African mm. traditional, you know, Christian back background, it's very much about heaven and hell. It's yeah. very much about good and evil. It's very much about uh, being a good person so you can go to heaven. And then you come across these teachings where it's just like, nah, heaven isn't necessarily a place. Mm. It's more a mindset. You know what I mean? You can experience, like, like you said, you can experience heaven. You can experience yeah. heaven here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like we're concerned about getting there, and it's just like, no, 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 no. Like wherever we think heaven is, is God's domain, mm. and only God resides there. Mm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Our job is to change the world. He gave us the free. Your will be done yeah. on earth. Your will, wherever it is in that heavenly place, mm. is to come here on earth. Yeah. This is where it's needed. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. yeah. I just want to finish off by saying, like, what are three things that have really, like, what have you, let me rephrase that. What three <laughs> things have you learned? <laughs> what three things have you learned from this year? What have you learned about yourself or life in general? Um, Top three. First thing that mm. I've learned is to always remember that God is good no matter what. All the time. And I say that because I feel like as humans, uh, the way our mind is set up is, it's easy to always blame something when things don't blame somebody or something when things don't go the way you mm. want to. 
And I found myself in many positions or many situations being like, but how comes? How did you let it happen? Like, but why? And I think this year I really was just like, you're still good. Like, mm. this ain't your fault. I'm putting blame on you for something yeah. that you had no hand in. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, we forget that, like, life has to life. Mm. Whether that's bad things happening, whether that's good things happening, like, the cycle has to happen. And wherever you are in your season, you can't control that. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, bad things happen to really good people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, bad, something bad not happening to you isn't, isn't based on how much good you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether I go and I empty my account, whether I go and sell my things, give it to it, I'm still gonna come across bad shit. There's nothing I can't, I can't escape that. Mm. And I think learning that allowed me to be a little more graceful mm. in my approach to certain situations. Mm. Like, yeah, it's bad, but God is still good. Yeah, yeah, it's bad, but it could be worse. Yeah, it's bad, but something else has to mm. come out of it. Mm. It's a perspective change. You know what I mean? It's 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 the gratitude that I find myself in when situations happen. That yeah. is definitely top, top. Yeah, I agree, actually. I think I've I've learned more to, like, not let things get to me so much. If something bad happens or something I don't want to happen happens, like, before, I can't lie, it would really get... I think I'm quite specific with how I want things to go. Yeah. And now that I've, like, kind of... It feels like I'm in the... not. I was going to say passenger seat, but <laughs> who's driving? God. Yeah, no, but, yeah, 100%. it feels like more... Like, when I let go of trying to plan everything and be in control, I feel way more at peace. When something happens, I just take it as, like, redirection. Before, I would take it as, like, what am I going to do? Me what am I going to do? Yeah, like, yeah. woe is me. Like, it was so negative. It was such a negative mindset. And I'm so glad that I've, I don't know how, but I've sh my mindset has shifted. And now I'm able to, I feel like I can go. If something bad happens, I don't dwell on it. I don't, well, like, I don't dwell. I used to dwell. Yeah, it's a perspective change. Because yeah. you realize that, like. You can't escape. You can't escape all the things that are destined to happen. Mm. You can't. Yeah. And how long you remain in it determines on the perspective that you have towards the thing. Mm -hmm. So if I'm like, why me? Why me? Why me? Mm. Every day, two years goes by. Yeah. And then you compare that to a perspective that's like, all right, why not me? Mm. Like, all right. Well, there has to be some greater thing. So let me just keep doing what I'm used to doing. Mm. You know what I mean, and you don't. You don't stay in that space, you know? Yeah. I mean, it kind of brings me back to a statement that I heard. Someone said, you can't skip steps, but you can speed through them. Mm. You can't skip, but yeah. you can speed yeah, through them. Yeah, you got to go through it. You got to do it. But you speed, yeah. how you speed through them is how long you stay in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm it. saying. Like, whether something's happened or not, like, if you dwell on it, it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change it. You're just going to be in the same spot dwelling on it until you let it go, then you can move on. Like, what's the point? Yeah. There's a book called The Alchemist. Mm. It says it, and it? it's like, you have a situation in front of you. Can you do something about it? Don't worry about it. Is that the one that, that's got... Um, the thing on the front of it. The, yeah. It's like the little... Oh, what's them things like called? drawing. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I've seen that. Book. Yeah, yeah, book, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you have two situations, one bad and one good. Mm. Can you do anything about it? No. Still don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Even if you can do something about it, you still don't worry yeah. about it. You know what I mean? Or well, if you can, so, then just do it then. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. Have you got a second thing that you learned this year? A second thing I learned this year is patience. Mm. Um, I've always known that you know, any form of success, any form of harvest is tied to being patient. Mm. Um, but I, it got tested this year. Um, and I, um, you understand that like 
like earth years is very different to like spiritual years. Some say heaven years. Mm. And sometimes when we expect God to be like, God, it's been 10 years. It's like, it's been 10 minutes. Yeah. If you really understand how like space works and how there is no time signature or time in space, right? So everything we're basing it on is what our minds can reach, Mm. which is a 24 hour period. I've been doing this for 10 years and God's like, boy, in my eyes, it's been 10 minutes. Mm. You got what I mean? So learning patience, learning that in the period of waiting, there is still an act, active pursuit that I must be on. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's where consistency comes from. Yeah. Right? So while I'm being consistent in the gym, for instance, yeah. I still got to be patient to see the results. I'm going to go gym for two days. See, that's why I don't go to gym. Because <laughs> I'm like, why am I not skinny after a week? Like, just, it doesn't no, work. No, just, I'm joking. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. That, but you see what I'm saying about how discipline in one mm. thing is attributed to so many other facets of life. So yeah. it's just like, if I go gym for two days and then look at myself and I'm like, oh, I still got this fight. What's mm. going on? It's just like, okay, yeah, go for two weeks, go for two years, yeah. two months. And then you will see this is the ethos of life. Yeah. This is like things change gradually over time, mm. especially when you're working on something. Yeah. So my friend actually yeah. says like, like success, success isn't tied to motivation because motivation can that be motivated is, to you could be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's tied more to discipline, and this, that's hundred percent. Said it at the beginning 100%. when we started speaking. Like discipline is the real key mm-hmm. to, to achieving anything. You get what I mean? It's it's the level of sacrifice because anything that you want to achieve requires to take something from you. Yeah, it's going to give you something, but it has to take something. From yeah, you. whether that's time, whether that's energy, whether whatever it, mm. it needs to take that thing because it's through the, that process that you're pruned. Mm. through that waiting period that you learn right and then when the final product comes out it's like oh <laughs> and then you have people going i want to be like that mm. All right, 20 years mate <laughs> yeah that's the thing people see the end years. result and they're like oh yeah but when you if you were to yeah. show the real process of things yeah, yeah. The, reason, the reason why a fitness instructor can be in fitness instructors because they've done the work mm. to be able to be in a position yeah. where they can be like hey yeah this if you want to get here this is what you have yeah. to do that's why we have entrepreneurs yeah. that's why we have uh uh What's the, what do we call them? These people, um, what do they call influencers? Oh or yeah, people yeah. Like, people that are in positions of power mm. because they've had to put in the work so that people that us can speak through the steps mm. or skip through them. Mm. You see what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, yeah. Like, so you would expect somebody who is 20 years old to be able to not have to go through something that's that's some and like someone who's 40 years old. Yeah, like, you expect a 40 year old to be like to the 20 year old, yo. Don't go here. Yeah. Don't do this. They're going to come across their own struggles, mm. but it's going to be like, all right, you're missing this. You're missing this. Yeah. Go here. Don't go here. Like, that's the whole thing. And do you know what? That's why I'm so appreciative, like, that I'm I'm sort of around, like, a lot of older people, and yeah. I have so much, like, older influence. Even meeting yeah. you, like, we just met, yeah. and yeah, literally. you actually, like, are a role model for me, <laughs> like, really and truly, like, everyone around me that's older, that's successful, doing well, it really does motivate me. And because I feel like you guys are really transparent about your journey, yeah, yeah. it doesn't, like... What's the word? Like, it's kind of prepared me for mine. And I can see the trajectory of where I'm going. Yeah. And I'm not, like, going to be phased by the hard days. And, ooh, God willing. I'm not going to be phased yeah. by the hard days. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah, you guys actually really do inspire me. Yeah, nice. Um, I, that, the generation is meant to get easier every, yeah. every decade. Yeah. Now. Like, where my brother is right now, the age I am now, my brother had just 
mm. worked on his first big song. 33, I've been able to be Grammy nominated, mm. work on some of the biggest artists known to man. Crazy. At 33. He had just got to Los Angeles at 33. Do you get what I'm trying to yeah. say? So it's just like, as you're passing on the information, like the steps are, have to still be taken. Like the path has to still be walked. Mm-hmm. But you're able to run a little faster mm. rather than kind of be like, okay, one step. Yeah. Let me see. Where, because yeah. somebody else has already taken that step. Yeah. And they can be like, there's a pothole there. Not going mm, down there. And that's what I think that's what really keeps me motivated because sometimes I get like in my own head about I need to be doing more, I need to be doing more, I need to be. And sometimes I just hear a little gem of like, you know, when I was 22, you know what I was doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, and then it just, it okay, old, yeah. let me just calm down. Like, if I feel like, for example, I'm already a step ahead than my sister was at this age, like, I'm so happy about that because 100%. she's been able to provide that for me. 100%. So I had, like I said, I've had, I've sped through some of the steps. So yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's benefits that's, of being the youngest child. I mean, it's the benefit of coming after someone who's laid the way already. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. When the lay is, when the way is laid already. Yeah. Like you just need to just step. And I can't wait to do is. that for someone else. I literally and can't. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Somebody else. You're gonna probably end up mentoring someone mm. soon, or someone's gonna be like, "I really like how, what, how you do what you do. Mm. How do you do it at 15?" And you're like, "All right, well, do this, don't do this." And even if you're not directly in contact with them, they're looking at you mm. on social media, mm. when you go True. to work, wherever it is, somebody's looking at you. Like somebody's looking at you as their ideal, yeah. ideal person that they want to become, yeah. or the version of themselves they want to see. I like that, you know. So. so <laughs> So it's just that's why that's why I always say like it's bigger than you. Mm. You're a part of it. It's not about you, but it's through you. Mm. Oh, you have all these like you know little one-liners. On you know, <laughs> gotta drop them once in a while. What no, is joking. going on? You literally have like you, I don't think you do it. Like yeah. you should write a book. You know, a book full of quotes that will get you through life. Right, I might. You know, we'll you see, should. We'll you have you have a lot of good one-liners. Yeah, um, it's just things that you pick up. You know, Very uplifting. From, your, from, from studying and learning mm. and your own experience. Yeah. I did. It's mad that you say that because I think I said to you one time that I, if I did write a book, I would definitely write a book about wills. You know, like I said, when people will be like, "What's your why?" For me, uh, my book would be called "What's Your Will." Don't, don't, don't let them know yet. Someone's gonna uh, steal it. <laughs> What's your will? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the will is the most very one yeah. of the most powerful things that we have as a human being. Mm. We get to choose. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And if you're able to fight the battle of your will, you'd win a lot more. Yeah. Lose. Mm. Coming soon. Moses, I've really <laughs> enjoyed this whole conversation, you know. Thank you, thank you so me. much for coming. No, thank you for having me. And yeah, it. so guys, the Two Ooh. and Two podcast yes. will be everywhere. Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. So just tune in yep. and follow us on all social media at Two and Two Pod. See you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks.